Benjamin Franklin once said, in wine there is wisdom, in beer there is freedom, and in water there's bacteria. No bacteria here. This is On the Back Bar, hosted by Christopher Menning, an industry expert, author, and bartender who's been in the industry for over a decade. On the Back Bar is your gateway to talking to the people behind the scenes at bars, distilleries, and vineyards around the world. We'll talk to the experts in the industry about future trends, people, spirits, cocktails, wine, and everything else. So kick your feet up, pour your favorite drink, and hang out on the back bar. This is Christopher Menning. What's going on, guys? Welcome. I am your host, Christopher Menning. It's great to have you here for the very first episode. On the Back Bar is a series of interviews where I sit down with industry leaders and professionals in a drinks business. These are bite-sized episodes designed to give you a behind-the-scenes look into the lives of the heroes of the trade. Our first guest is a Brisbane-based bartender named Millie Tang. Millie has had a great run recently. She's just been crowned Bartender of the Year in Australia. She's won a number of competitions and she still manages to hold a social life. We talked to her about this and more in the first episode. Millie Tang, thank you for joining us today on The Back Bar. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. And I hear you're in Bali right now. How's it over there? Um, it's fantastic. The weather's yeah. always perfect, but it's turning it up right now. Good. If it rains, that's totally fine. It's allowed one day. I'll forgive it, but it's beautiful. <laughs> perfect. So we'll start by saying congratulations on your recent success. Um, it's been a crazy couple of months, right? Um, yeah, it's been, to be honest, it's been pretty crazy. Well, first of all, thank you so much. Um, it's been a pretty, it's been a pretty crazy year. I kind of kicked off the year in the middle of, um, doing Bacardi Legacy and the, uh, national finals were in March. And then from there, there was kind of like, I think to dive in the deep end, like first off, uh, something I was actually talking to one of the girls who is recently in top eight, uh, from Brisbane with Bukai Legacy that's happening now. Um, uh, you don't get prepared. Like one thing that people don't really talk about in terms of competitions is how to lose a competition. Mm. Um, I think the loss that came from Bukai Legacy, it was definitely warranted after I was able to talk to the judges and like understand the scoring a lot better. Right. But at the same time, oh man, nothing can prepare you, especially with a competition of that magnitude it takes oh, up your yeah. entire yeah. life. Absolutely. So like, months and months and months and all you do is you've got tunnel vision you're just looking ahead looking ahead you're pushing you're pushing you're pushing mm-hmm. and you think you've given it your all and then it's just it just falls short and i was so 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 stoked when jenna won i was so stoked it was amazing it was amazing to see her take it out and represent australia over in globals but yeah that's like one thing i've kind of was speaking to beck about the girl who was in top eight um it's about how to handle loss in competitions and i think that loss kind of really fueled the fire to learn from mistakes and to kind of gain a broader, like a broader understanding of how judging criteria. It's my first competition, like proper competition as well. That's a big so one to that, be your first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. So, like, like to sum it all up, basically, um, losing the national finals of Legacy kind of paved the way for everything that I did last month. Because I really, really took it on board to learn all those lessons and take on everyone's advice and all the judges' feedback was super, super valuable. So 
from basically from then that's when i like yeah you know, i think you can go two ways some people face a defeat and I yeah guess, turn away from it but you've obviously yeah learned, and you, you kind of picked yourself up and yeah like you said last month so let's go through it it was liquor 43 the bartender barista championship yeah yeah so um that kicked off there wasn't too much time in between the national finals and the global finals i think it was about maybe a month and oh, a wow, half okay. or two yeah so um yeah when that went down that was that got locked in um fairly fast and then kind of two weeks out from the start of october i got a call from mason friend in australia um saying that uh, basically inviting um a group of us to go over and do the uh, Maison Friend tour um, out in Cognac, as well as attend uh, Berlin Bar Convent. So, and then also on top of that, there was Ali Awards that were happening, as well as there was like a personal trip that I wanted to take to Melbourne, and also T25 um, Drinks Trade T25 Most Influential as well. So I had to kind of shuffle stuff around, and then Speed Rack happened as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, which- yeah (laughs) and you won speed rec as well right yeah i did yeah what's that like i mean that's completely different to liquor 43 right 100 percent. it's speed rack is so much fun i did it obviously that was like the first competition that i ever did it was last year um and priscilla took it out she's such a badass (laughs) and but i just like everything about it like the the setup of it that it's fun it's about speed but also cocktails it was like it was basically it felt like a competition that was almost made for me like cool. if i could design my perfect competition that's what it would be no um, speaking <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the one thing i always get caught on just for our listeners can you explain a bit about speed rack and sort of some of the challenges you had to do yeah so speed rack is um a all-female bartending competition that was created by lynette Moreau and ivy mix um, to fantastic uh, ladies in hospitality from the States. So basically it's to raise uh, money and awareness uh, in support of breast cancer research um, and also to give a stage for um, female bartenders because um, when you hear Ivy speak about it, she always says, you know, she was seeing a lot of underrepresentation of female hospitality talent um, over in the States and – uh, she would ask all these bars that were all male staffed and say, you know, where are your girls? And they say, well, yeah. no, none of them, we can't find them. None of them apply. So they kick this off and they're like, well, here, here you go. Like, this is a stage for you to come out and show everybody what you can do, which is fantastic. It's just like kind of like a double pronged, yeah, um, a double pronged event. So um, basically it came to Australia for the first time last year, huge success. People really, really got behind it, which was amazing and a lot of entrance as well, which is just as amazing. And this year they held it in Melbourne. So I was lucky enough to be able to get a second shot at it. Great. Um, it didn't, I really didn't think I was going to do very well. I didn't feel very well on the day because I'd just come off coming back from liquor 43, coming back from Europe. So I'd come back on like a 30 hour transit. I spent 24 hours at home um, and had to do a photo shoot um that day (laughs) yeah and then went to melbourne the very next day so i was just out of it out of whack but and i scraped i only just scraped through the prelims i came in last place in the prelims so i was like ah, i'm toast it's fine (laughs) (laughs) so i mean it's interesting you mentioned about women in the industry um yeah you're right for a long time it was just guys behind the bar that was it really do you feel it's a bit better now there's more women uh taking front stage uh, yeah and, and doing more for the industry yeah, for sure. I um, I definitely 
think that the recent like upsurge of support and like spotlight shown on women in the industry is entirely beneficial because it also helps to, I spoke a little bit about this in an interview I just did. Um, I think that the support is there now it's locked in. Like it's unmistakable. It's there. Everyone's gunning for it. And it's been there for a little while, which is fantastic. But I'd really, really love to see um, the industry activate in ways um, more so now that kind of reach out to people, especially women outside of the industry who might be looking to join it, who have questions about it. Sure. Because it's like that old story. You can time something by zero. It's still equal zero. So if we want to grow the amount of women in the industry, then we need to be able to kind of like, we need to be able to recruit and show that there's a lot of support and information out there for anybody looking to enter it as well. And that it's welcoming and that, you know, it's not just a boys club. Like I never ever saw it as a boys club. Um, when I was starting out, I always, I never had anything shown to me by the utmost respect when I was starting out and I was working in male dominated bars, Uh but you know, I think, yeah, like that's something that I just really like to see happen is like kind of reaching outside of the hospitality industry, like recruitment days, job days. I know that schools here do a lot of like um, after school exhibitions um, and seeing hospitality be a part of that, like showing to people outside of hospitality that it's like a real career path that you can choose. But it is now, isn't it? That's the thing. It's changed so much in the last sort of decade. And yeah. it really is uh, a career. You can become, I mean, the, the whole rise of the superstar bartenders. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. sort of insta-famous traveling the world. You know, it's, yeah. it's 100%. lucrative. It's fun. There's a lot going on. So Yeah, yeah the I perks agree. are huge. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so the other big thing to talk about was the Liquor Awards Bartender of the Year. Yes, big yes. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, I'm pretty flabbergasted, to be honest. The so lineup expected. No, no, not at all. Um, I couldn't really, when they announced the um, nominations for it, I was overseas and I was kind of, um, had a lot on my plate. So I was focusing on that, but I was stoked. I was, I didn't, I was like, oh my God, okay, this is cool, but there's no way. So I kind of like put it out of my mind. Like the lineup of people that were up for that award was just ridiculous. Right, okay. Um, And I just didn't expect it at all. And then when... Um, it got announced. It was during the last challenge for Liquor 43, which was a market dash. So we were actually on our way to like the place where we were meant to be doing the challenge. And I was like trying to figure out or figure out with Jesse, the girls doing it with the recipe and like freaking out about that. And my friend just started blowing up. They're like, oh, you won this award. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that's cool, but I got to concentrate. Um, but yeah, I'm stoked. It's a ridiculous and fantastic honor to, yeah, I, yeah, I just I'm pretty I'm still pretty speed. I haven't really been able to have any time to kind of fully <laughs> Yeah, process any one thing. So I'm still pretty speechless about it. It's 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 pretty crazy. I mean it's well deserved, obviously. You're doing great. Um for people who are in the industry just done now, what sort of advice would you give them to get to you know, this level? I mean we talked about competitions, you said, you know, the first thing was like, you know, if you get a fail, just take it on the chin and yeah yeah for sure I find it really hard to kind of give advice because one thing I'm really adamant about is that what source of the goose isn't necessarily source for every other goose in the pen like okay. what advice might yeah what advice might work for you won't necessarily work for somebody else yeah um, but it's like there's a couple of things that I really took on board and I really pushed in myself and um that's another thing as well while we're on the topic 
um, what had to happen for me for October to go ahead was almost like, you know, a mythical planetary alignment. Like I just can't really think <laughs> of very many yeah. times that the opportunity like that will present themselves. So it was the fact that I literally put everything on the back burner to make it happen. My health, sleep. There was like, I think I've, I counted up how many days in October that I literally pulled all nighters and didn't go and, and went without sleep. And it was seven days. So a week out of the oh, month, okay. which is like, I hate, hate. I always thought that it was like a cool thing to brag about mm-hmm. how hard you work and how little sleep you get, but it's not, you know, it's, it's detrimental to your health and your health is yeah. the most important thing that you can do. And now if someone tells me I'm too busy, you know, I don't get enough sleep or something like that, the immediate response I go to in my head is, well, you've got poor time management. You know, I, I firmly believe that because that's the thing that I look at myself. If I am pulling an all-nighter, it means that I haven't managed my time efficiently or properly enough um, because it's, you know, sacrificing the most important thing you should be looking after. Yeah, but, yeah, 100%. what went into yeah, what went into get, getting there – for the most part, it kind of kicked off after Bukai Legacy. Um, I had a little bit of turbulence in my personal life. So I really, really threw myself into photography and bartending and networking um, 120,000% to kind of almost serve as like a distraction. Sure. As you do. But um, yeah, I just, I could just feel a momentum building and I wanted to ride it. I didn't want to let it go, I didn't want it to go to waste. I kind of felt the pressure from – I've been bartending for a while. I've been bartending for about eight years. Um, and I didn't want to let the opportunities that were presenting themselves off the back of Legacy go to waste, if that makes sense. Um, I was pretty calculated in the competitions that I chose to compete in. I only really want to compete in competitions that I'd find fun and enjoyable. Like um, if, it's, if, it's not, if it's not fun, then it's just unpaid work, I kind of feel sometimes. Yeah, so. Yeah, being able to do Liquor 43 with Jesse, like, you know, it was just like a perfect thing I heard about. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is built for us. Same with Speed Rack. I had so much fun last year. I decided to give it a shot this year. But some getting back to the point, some advice that I take on board, really, there's like a list is, um, yeah, stuff like if you say you're too busy, then it means that you haven't been able to manage your time properly. Uh, don't be afraid of hard work. Hard work. Also, ask advice but also listen to it <laughs> yeah uh, things like don't confuse movement with progress is a great quote um that's from an mma coach called Farasa harvey um just like all these little things like work on improving yourself learn from your mistakes don't just let it fall on deaf ears make notes that's a huge one as well mm, so okay. yeah Taking yeah notes. like physically write down notes like mm-hmm. every day i live off a to-do list every day like just yeah, stuff like that, I guess. I mean, it's good you touched on that, the looking after your well-being as well. I think it's so important. Yeah. And especially in the hospitality industry because many times people just, they can't, you know, it's a high pressure yeah. job, long hours, yeah. uh, social yeah. life is kind of, yeah. Have you struggled with this over the eight years you've been in the bar scene? 100%. Um, looking back on how I used to be and looking back on how I operate now and the kind of mindset that I have now, if you told me that I've been able to do what I've done this year, even to me at like the end of last year, I would have kind of shut the door and gone back to bed. <laughs> I wouldn't have believed a word of it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard because there's very, I feel like there's a very small percentage of people that enter this industry 
with a clear goal in mind in terms of career advancement of where they want to get. Mm-hmm. I feel people take it on as a side job. They take it on because they're going to uni or because they need a little extra money. Um, and then basically the people who decide to stay were the people that never left. I mean, I took bartending on so that I could balance it out with photography during the day. Um, it was never my goal to be in hospitality or to, you know, pursue a career in hospitality, but it kind of ended up being that way. Um, but the biggest, yeah, the biggest thing is to just keep, make sure you're reassessing yourself and your relationship with the industry, particular, in particular, the socializing and the drinking. What do you like? What's your goals? Like, what are you actually getting out of it? Yeah. Are you yeah. just, are you just having fun? That's fine. Perhaps maybe put a time limit on that. Give yourself six months. It's fun. And then maybe reassess, like give yourself like little checkpoints, make sure you have checkpoints because yeah. It's all, I feel like it's an all too familiar kind of story. You enter the industry, you have a lot of fun, then all of a sudden it's five years later and you, you really, really don't know what you're doing. That happened to me. Like I entered the industry eight years ago and I was just having so much fun that I kind of stopped. I kind of forgot to stop and take stock of my life and figure out what it is I really wanted to do, you know. So that's why I'm kind of trying to make up for lost time and <laughs> go a little bit harder sure. at it now. I mean, I think everyone goes through that and, and you're very much right. It's it's one of these things you kind of fall into and you're right five years later you're doing the same thing every night and the the drinking is a big part of it too and yeah it can be hard for some people yeah it really can be and it's like and this job I feel when you're working behind the stick as a bartender as a bar manager it's all about maintenance it's all about keeping your head above water um and then trying to advance if you've got the perfect environment in that so it's like maintaining service maintaining the venue maintaining um compliance it's all about maintenance and it can be very unless as well if you're not an owner operator it can be very hard to be instilled with a sense of ownership of where you work and to carry it with like the kind of pride and uh energy and reflection that you need it to be like too often do we see like bartenders not really appreciate or respect um their managers or the owners or the venue as much as they kind of should but unless you've been in that position in an owner operator position it's yeah, it's you can't understand what it's like to kind of be at the top looking down, I guess. I agree. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's hard. So you're currently at the Gresham Bar in Melbourne, right? Yes. Fantastic. Uh, in Brisbane. Oh, it's Brisbane. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Apologies. Oh, that's totally fine. <laughs> and uh, what's it like there? Because that's actually an award-winning bar too. Uh, it's quite yes, well known. It's had a, yeah, it's had a huge history in the last um, six years that it's been open. Um, it's been pretty fantastic i do love it there as i said um before it takes a pretty special alignment of uh like a situation to be allowed to go out for a month and take on a bunch of competitions all at once and you know not get not come like come back to a job (laughs) after taking (laughs) a month off at short notice um but i really do owe everything that i've done this year to that team they've just all the brainstorming, the flexibility that they've been allowing me, the support that they give me is pretty outstanding. Like I just, I can't think of, I can't think of anywhere else that I've ever worked that would have allowed me to do that. Like they've literally let me be, yeah, they've literally let me be a sport brack and and let me have everything that I've wanted for like a month and a half. So, Uh you know, but in saying that as well, I think, the fact that I respect that and that I show the respect for that and that I am grateful and show the gratitude for it is the reason why it's there because they know I'm not going, you know, they know I'm not going to run off 
like a month afterwards, they know I'm going to stick around and really like pull back into what I've taken out of the venue. So, you know, it's, yeah, even like all the way up to the owners too. Like the owners are fantastic. Our operators are fantastic. Everyone's really respected and looked after. So, yeah. It's a focus on whiskey and cocktails, right? Yes, 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 it is. So we have a huge selection, massive selection. There's about a thousand bottles in the back bar. My God, um, that's a huge yes. bar. Yeah, it's massive. And we're always constantly finding weird and quirky things to order in. There's one off. So there's always something new for patrons to come in and uh, yeah, come in okay. and find. And looking at the Brisbane climate with venues as well and hospitality, it's the success of that venue, I feel, is almost like an anomaly. Like you just can't, it's still going strong and it's just become such like an icon um now you're seeing a lot of Brisbane venues right now closing down like especially with the recent lockout laws coming in um it hasn't been a very good few years ever since they've come in but the Gretchen right. keeps going from strength to strength so as long as it's got a strong team behind it and the owners you know are always fantastic and give everyone the support and whatever they need I think it'll just continue to be one of the best venues that is in that's in Australia Brilliant. for sure I mean, with a back bar like that, you you must be constantly studying for your product knowledge. I mean, every time oh, a ball comes in, it must be just... Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I have like a little bit of help with that. I manage the social media for it and there's like a dedicated line that runs down our Instagram page. Every third post is um, something from the back bar. So if something new comes in and I want to show it off, then I have to do a little bit of research to write about it anyway. So it's getting those like a couple of key points down that you can talk to customers about. But yeah, it's... To be honest, my brain's not that big. I lose information pretty easily. So I'm kind of always hitting up Cal, our manager, for info because he's like a steel trap. He literally has like an endemic memory. So I'm just like, Cal, Cal. Encyclopedia then. <laughs> yeah, literally coming up to him and be like, Brilliant. there's like 10 new bottles in the back bar. Please quick, tell me about it. But um, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty daunting when you look up at it. And you're just like, oh, God, there's so much new stuff I haven't seen. Oh, no. I remember my first stay in a hotel bar where it was like oh, nothing like God. you have, but maybe two, 300 bottles. And it was oh. very daunting and it, it started my love for spirits and for alcohol and yeah. craft of it because when you start diving into the process and kind of get behind the marketing and actually understand yeah. what goes yeah. on, it's very interesting. Yeah, so, it is. What was I, your, out of interest, what was the first bar that you worked at? Oh, so this was in um, the UK, Brighton. Um, it was a place called Shuffle Bar, which was a flare bar. So we were doing... Um, oh, that sounds amazing. It was amazing. It was great fun. Yeah, lots of flipping bottles and <laughs> broken hands and stuff. But I always that, wish I could learn how to flare. I was seriously. terrible, trust me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but after that, I went into hotel bars and that's kind of where it went a bit better. But yeah, it was good fun. That's amazing. I always wish I'd learn how to flare. It's so cool. It was good, yeah. I mean, touching on product knowledge, how important is it for you know the bartenders to know about their product and be able to pass over to the guest? So, I mean, we mentioned about going to Cognac. You went to Maison Ferrand, um, yeah. which is brilliant. I've been to Cognac many times. I love it. Yes, and it's beautiful. I think it's so important, that sort of thing. We, we are sort of the middleman between the brand and the consumer. So it's kind of yeah. up to us to, to give off the best information, you know? Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, especially with something like bartending where somewhere in Australia, there's not, there's no course that you can do. There's no way that teaches that. It's literally like a prac. You have to learn as you do it. And if you're not, if you're not studying, if you're not keeping up on terminology and new techniques and product knowledge, then, you know, you kind of fit, you're almost, I feel like you're, you can kind of be failing your craft a little bit. Some people can get away with it. Some people can 
I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but some people can talk some fantastic shit and get away with it. Like, you know, I've seen it yeah. before when no one, you don't know anything about the product, but you can sell it amazingly because you just use some buzzwords. Gift of the game. But, um, yeah, if you want to keep the honesty, then I think it's super important because uh, techniques and processes, all that kind of stuff, are advancing at a super rapid, weight, uh, mm. rapid rate. And just being able to keep up with what brands are doing and trends and all that kind of stuff. Uh, when you want to get involved with the brands on activations or pop-ups and then having that knowledge can help you that way as well. It can, so it can help you like not just push your product across the bar, but also with your relationship mm-hmm. with the brand as well. If you put in the effort to understand it, but I think it's imperative. It's imperative to be able to sell your products, you know, like you don't want to be a slimy car salesman putting sawdust in the motor. <laughs> basically yeah. it's yeah it's it's extremely important you want to you know you want to come to work with pride and you know recommend some if without that product knowledge you won't be able to recommend what's best for your guests definitely definitely yeah basically alongside working at the gresham you also run their social media is that correct yeah and yeah i do you also have your own photography going on and i see quite a lot of yeah 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 i do so i've been doing photography ever since I was a teenager um just kind of messing around with I had a couple of friends who were models in high school so just kind of messing around with that um and then after I left high school it was a bit of a bum and my mom begged me to do a course she was like pick any course you want I'll pay for it please just do something so I picked <laughs> photography yeah so I picked picked photography at our like what you call college so our take um but I didn't finish it I was a bum and I didn't go so I did about three quarters of a year and then just kind of let it um, be like a creative outlet for quite a few years. Um, I started doing like portrait and fashion stuff, which was a lot of fun. Um, and then I got into hospitality to try and kind of like balance it out so I could work during the night and then do photography during the day. And then it kind of fell by the wayside quite a bit as I started to take bartending more seriously. Okay. Um, and then within the last year, um, I started shooting – um, a little bit of beverage photography. I had a little bit of fun with a medium called Cinemagrass, which is like a, um, a still photo, but it has one element that's moving in it and it loops endlessly. I've seen that um, with the droplets coming down, right? Yeah, 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 really yeah cool. exactly. So I, I love doing things like that. And I had um, a boss that somewhere I used to work, Cloudland, uh, had some connections with some Pernod Ricard brands and sent some messages for me and they started reposting some of the stuff I was doing. So I got to form foster a really cool relationship with them. And then within the last year, I kind of just really started enjoying it a lot more. Um, I never thought I'd do anything but portrait photography, but I almost prefer to do beverage photography now. It's so much fun. I love it's yeah, it's, it's so much fun. So like at, since the end of the financial year, I've really picked it up and run with it in doing events and, all that kind of stuff. I'm lucky that I that the community here is really small and really strong and that I've been given a lot of opportunity from all brands that are activating across Australia to um to shoot for them. So I've worked for like a broader spectrum of them now. So I'm pretty I'm pretty lucky in that regard that I've turned out some work that they're impressed with and they are they're happy with. So yeah, Fantastic. it's been pretty awesome. And to find your work we can go on to uh, Instagram for sure and you've got a website for your yes. Portfolio. Yes, I do. It's just millietangcreative.com. Great. Okay. Yeah. Well, Millie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's been great. And um, I'll leave you to Bali. Enjoy your trip. <laughs> <laughs> it's well-deserved you. from the sounds of it. <laughs> thank so, <yeah>. you. <laughs> Hopefully I don't get too sunburned. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Millie. Amazing. Thanks. Great to talk thank to you. Thank you so much, Chris.
Well, that's all of it, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be running this weekly, and you can expect an episode to be launched every Wednesday. Next week, we have a small gin master distiller who is known for being a champion in sustainability. You can find our show and other top content on Spotify, iTunes, and on our website, gastronomalifestyle.com. For all those who have listened, thank you, and see you next week.